and welcome to another episode of the Boom Goddess Podcast Project with your hosts, myself, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks, Jennifer Davis Page, and Bibi Peters. This podcast aims to ignite inspiration in primetime women by creating a super learning community, a safe space for all women to contribute their voices and visions. For more information on this episode and to learn more, visit us at boomgoddessradio.com. Hello and welcome back to Boom Goddess Radio. Today we'll be looking through the prism of friendship at a facet that we call ruptured relationship or derailed friendships. Have you ever been faced with the disappointment of a disappearing friend? Have you ever made a friend disappear from your life? Reflect on your friendships and we'll be back with enlightening conversation momentarily. Derailed relationships. I'm sad to say that I had one. It happened 10 years ago um, with a woman that I had been a friend to for over 30 years. She was like a sister to me. And one day she told me that she needed to put an end to our relationship, that she couldn't go through this anymore. And I don't know what going through this was. Um, but she said she wanted to end it. Well, it broke my heart because I told her at that time that you couldn't have paid me to say that to you. And the relationship stopped at that point. Ten years passed, and I missed her terribly. We have... um, She called me after 10 years to apologize. She never said why she ended the relationship, but in 10 years, of course, we've all gone through all kinds of trials and tribulations. And at this particular time, she had lost her mother to cancer. Her mother was a woman that I loved dearly and she and her mother and my mother were great friends. And I think that might have brought her to, to say to herself, this is foolish. She shared that with me and said, I'm very sorry, and I need us to be whole again. You know, when you're talking like that, Jen, um, I think about how important friendships are in our lives and the value that they bring, right? Ever uh, since we are young kids, um, whether we made friends easily or not, Um, and how we matured into our current lives. Uh, The value of friendships has been so critical in our lives. And uh, Dr. Andrea, you would know even more uh, specifically about studies and research that has been done on measuring the value of it. And uh, I read uh, that at one point, it it actually... uh, 
it elongates your life by up to 22% by the amount of uh, friends that you have. Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, it's a very interesting study. I think you're referring to the Harvard study on friendship. And it's also the, um, the research indicates that peer groups have just as much of an effect on shaping your life and the person you become as parents do. So there's a two different kinds of longitudinal studies that social scientists do, and that's when they measure um, outcomes over a long period of time, not just a flash-in-the-pan experiment, but get somebody when they're six years old and measure their responses to your questions when they're 25 or 35. And Harvard is known for doing very long-term social science research. So, yeah. And, and so when I reflect on my life, um, and as Jen was just uh, talking, um, we um, have we share that experience of a derailed friendship, and uh, I we hope to speak with my dear friend Pamela, who'll be joining us later on in our show and actually talk about what circumstances, what occurred in our lives, what was present in our lives at that time that made us uh, sever our, fr our friendship. Uh, with, uh, and we were apart for about two years and uh, have been together now uh, in the last six, no, in the last year or so. And we feel happy inside. We feel joyful inside for bringing that uh, friendship into our lives ag um, again. And I think just in this room, talking about the depth of the relationships that we're capable of, that when they sever and when they break, we don't feel whole. It truly feels like something is missing. Like we internalize those friendships. They become a part of our body, just the same way as parents become a part of our body. And as, as human creatures, we really, attachment is an extremely potent shaping force and the way we attach. Some people attach so strongly and securely and other people, it's more like doing the Virginia reel. They can be on to the next. What made you and Pamela come back together? Was there one particular occasion or one event that happened that opened that door to friendship again? I think I have been missing her for an extended period of time and I made a couple of attempts to connect with her, um, most probably through Facebook. And it, I think the second or third time that I've reached out to her, she responded and invited me to an event that she was holding at her house. And so my husband and I drove to Tubac and we were crying when we saw each other upon coming uh, to her house. We had tears in our eyes because we were sad by the sort of lost part in our lives in which we didn't connect. But when we did, it was as though we were never apart. That's a, that's a wonderful story. My friend and I decided that we would get together in my home. Uh, first time we had shared that kind of um, of closeness in a very, very long time. And we sat and we had tea and we had bourbon and we had great conversation. 
about us and our friendships. Um, she never really did share with me why. Um, and you know, I didn't even ask why. But a few times she would have some stories she would tell me about what happened over the past 10 years. And because I was always in her life, she assumed that I was in her life during that 10 year absence. And I had to kind of give her a little dig and I said, well, that happened when you weren't speaking to me anymore. And we would laugh. Um, we are, as I said, back together and very happy that we are. You know, as you get older, forgiveness is really important. And I think that's where we were. Forgiveness is really important as you as you grow older. And I think that that's one of the themes that we find in, in our stories when we speak to other women, that there's this... Um, a special quality comes with years and the the feeling like you had of missing and not being whole and the feeling of this is our life this person is woven into the fabric of my life and so to be able to forgive is it's one of those traits that's correlated again with mental health mm -hmm. To be able to um, forgive is to be able to drop a very heavy burden that we might carry when we're not able to forgive, when we find ourselves unwilling to forgive. Yes, and I find that uh, friendships, I sometimes I don't understand how we can be so personal and close with our friends and share our deepest secrets as you've mentioned before and yet when it comes to discussing the painful exchange that may occur between us that leads to a severed friendship we'd rather put that on a shelf or move away from it and that's so interesting because you know classical wisdom might say well it's very important to get it all out well not even classical wisdom but certainly you know the lore of the past i don't know half a century get it out if it's bothering you but it turns out that sometimes getting it out is not something that's going to advance the relationship and sometimes mm -hmm. it takes a, a certain kind of wisdom that comes with experience that says we can leave this I don't have to know every reason for everything. Maybe we can just let this be. I think that brings peace to our heart, thinking of it in those terms, yes. Welcome back. You know, we can be on either end of a fractured friendship. Sometimes we're surprised at a disappearance, and sometimes we break a tie. We've got someone waiting to contribute her story about a friendship divorce that she initiated herself. Let's call Roseanne in Florida. Well, I got to Delray Beach because I was looking to retire someplace, and it seemed logical because my friend who I worked with 17 years had become like family 
and her mother was down here, and there was a new development going in, and it was a 55 and over. And I thought, well, it's new, everything is new, and I think maybe this is where I should be. Great. I'm so a- I wait, Roseanne. I just want to say that it, it's you were at a transition point. You were at a crossroads, mm-hmm. and you made this choice, but your relationship with her sort of was the clincher because you were looking at many places. So I just wanted to kind of talk about how you got into this relationship, which you've shared with us. And then let's just jump to the right now. Where's that relationship right now? The relationship is broken right now. I do not want to talk to her. I don't want to see her, and I really want nothing to do with her. Do you miss her? No. So you're, no. Say, you're saying after 17 years of a warm and loving relationship, whatever happened, and we're interested in finding out what, what did happen, you absolutely are done. Is that right? I'm done, yeah. Okay. But when you start depending on everybody else to make you happy, it doesn't happen. So what you're saying is that she started depending on you too much for her, for her happiness. Absolutely. And then at that point, you got, in a sense, tired of that because it was affecting you in a certain way? It was making me sick. It was physically making me sick. It was making me sad because I was constantly being told by her how I just wasn't doing the right thing. I wasn't right. I didn't say it right. I didn't act it out right. I didn't buy the right thing. I didn't, everything I did was wrong. So you weren't whole. You were made to feel as though you weren't whole and that something, a a part of you was always missing. Yes. Hmm. Uh, And have you talked to her when you guys were talking to each other? Did you talk to her about this? Did you ask or did you mention it to her? How she made you feel? How you felt? Many times. You did. And what did she say? Many times. Her reaction was always crying and yelling and stomping her feet and trying to, to tell me that I never listen. I don't listen to her. And and she turned it around every time and made it about her. She never let me really say to her, you know what, look at what you're doing to everybody else in your life. And it wasn't only me. She affected other people in the same exact way. Here's another place where somehow you suddenly came to see what you had been feeling all along. And what was the event? Was there an event? Can you tell us the event that helped you realize? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that helped you realize that this was like your word. um, What's the word you use to describe this kind of relationship? Volatile. I saw it because on a holiday, she was invited here for dinner, and she walked in, and she immediately began to take over. And she hadn't been here for almost a month. And now she's telling me how to cook, how, how to set up the kitchen, where people should sit, why, why am I doing it this way? And, and my body literally froze. I, 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 I became almost frozen. And that was my reaction to what she was saying. And a cousin of mine was here, 
And she pointed out to me that she had not seen me react like that since I had been talking to my brother, which I I haven't talked to a twin brother in 14 years. Roseanne, in the 17 years that you two were friends, when did this start? When did the this controlling controlling factor come into play for 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 her right away that way it was always that way i dealt with it though i dealt with it because she was the only single person in the department and i really felt that you know we could be friends we were we had similar situations in our families and i thought well we have that in common and It actually, being friends with her, caused me a lot of problems with a lot of other people because people did not like her, and I always defended her. So you treated her like family, in that family loyalty, blood is thicker than water kind of way. She kind of moved into that position, like you said, the one that, yeah. Has she tried to reach out to you, as, as, as far as you know, has she tried to reach out to you through other friends? No. So she's done no, as well. Had, not as far as I know. She, I, I think she would want me to call her, but uh, I'm, I'm not doing I blocked her on my phone, and when I did that, that's when I knew I was done. There are three different things that go through me. Sadness, first of all. And secondly, I think release. And then I have to say almost joy because I'm not dealing with it anymore. Roseanne, you may or may not know this, but when as we talk to women about fractured relationships, you'd be amazed at how many women have gone through. I mean, all of, the three of us sitting at this table have gone through it. That's why we thought it was an important topic to cover. And as I said, you'd be amazed at how many women have gone through it. Very, I have not heard anybody say that has not touched my life. Everybody has had a a um, a story about a friend that they loved and they're no longer um they're no longer friends some came back together and like you and your your ex-friend they did not come back together and heal right so we'd like to thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to um, reaching out to you again about another topic another theme um, and we're so glad to have you chat with us today. And we'd love to invite you to listen in to the discussions that we have amongst ourselves and with other guests because we have a feeling that this conversation is going to flow like a river. There'll be very wide points and then it might narrow down again to another topic. But this is a very life-changing conversation and we so appreciate your joining us today so signing off and my pleasure and bb thank you for joining us and jennifer thank you looking forward to speaking with you again
I want to officially say welcome, and I'm so glad that you're able to join us this evening for a chat about derailed friendships. Um, there is a derailed friendship that you and I had, right? So can you tell our listeners a little bit about that history of what happened and where you were at? Sure. Okay. This derailed experience, I would like to call it, happened around the time of 2008, and that was during the, the housing crisis. I was under a tremendous amount of stress, both in my personal relationship because of the housing market crash and also financially because I was carrying the burden of getting those mortgage payments made. And I had reached out to a few friends and shared what was going on. And, and my spouse and I at the time kept trying to hang in there, hang in there. And we had a difference of opinion. I really wanted to walk from that house and let it go back to the bank. He wanted to continue. And I shared that, I think, a little bit with you, Stevie, not too much, because those are, those are private um, financial things. I did talk to you about it a bit. And... When it became time for me to say my goodbyes to Tucson, I think that's when our our issues started. I think you were very hurt, and I know you had a few tears when I told you, and I was very stressed because um, I've never had a, any financial issues really like that in my life, any serious financial problems. And as I reached out to people, I felt that people were pulling away from me. And I don't know if that was imaginary or not. It just was so overwhelming. So that's if for me and my perspective to start. Um, that's where I'm coming from a bit and thinking back to 2008. Yes, and uh, if you um, recall, we were chatting about this a little bit also, and where I was at was that I was about to produce the first Women's Expo here in Tucson, and the pressure of that uh, and the fact that my first business uh, partner was having some serious family issues with her son, and she was thinking of departing, actually, from the business, and the fear that I had of putting that show on all by myself, as well as the other issue in my circumstance was working with my husband in a business uh, capacity, that put additional uh, tension because he was, if you um, recall, uh, developing our website and keeping track of the database and doing all those things which we appreciated, but which nevertheless added to the stress and tension that I was experiencing at that time. And would you say that it was kind of like the coming together of two perfect storms? I was just going to say that. Those two words, the perfect storm, came into my mind right when you were saying that everything just kind of came together. Tremendous stress on my part and private stuff going on between Rob and I. I didn't want to really share. And I think with you and Al also, there was private things going on and you were reevaluating your relationship and also the business deal. It's financial for you too. And uh, we just got caught, I think, in a very uncomfortable place and things exploded with me feeling completely isolated and alone. And you, I think, you, I remember, um, we talked about this earlier today, something came to me when I was driving home. Remember when I, I had you come over, I called you and I was desperate, and I had you come over to help me pass because everybody had left, and I was fighting with this 
man that I had brought in, he came in in your white gloves, and he started yelling, why is it Rob here? Why is he helping you? Why are you doing this all yourself? And what I never I never told you, Barbara, BB, is that he was up in Seattle trying to hold the business together, which I was which I was also supporting, but I didn't share that with you. I didn't share that with you. So um, that was I couldn't. It was too much. And so that was that day. That was the perfect storm when you came in the white gloves and you were putting things very delicately in the box. And it wasn't. That's not really really needed. I needed a hug, I needed to cry, I needed so many things. And you probably did too, I'm sure you did too. But we didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't tell you that. I said I needed you to help me. That's funny that you say I came in with white gloves. I do own a whole bunch of white gloves, and it's because I wear them inside my uh, my um, other gloves. And so I came to help you pack, and hence brought my gloves, but uh, then I guess just did not work out that way. But um, so that so that was a very tough spot, a, 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 a very tough period in our lives, um, and and then for a while, for a number of years, right, um, I was uh, feeling empty, and I was feeling like I was missing your spirit, your knowledge, your humor, your light, um, and I've had a desire to uh, reach out to you and mend our. Our friendship and when we were able to do that by uh, reacting to each other and again I guess we have to thank Facebook for this right because well, I saw your post on Facebook about some lovely event that you were having that you always have a community event and I made a comment on it and you appreciated that comment and you um, responded. And I couldn't wait to tell Al that you actually acknowledged my comment. And and that led to the glorious um, reckoning that we had. I agree with you. And it took me that long to heal my pain. I always, my, my anger was gone, but I just, I had to just go inside and change a lot of things. And, and just, I don't know what it was. It, it was that day. And I forgot um, it was maybe a few years, and I forgot about all the pain, and the love came right flowing right back between us. There was no more. We didn't, we didn't even need to talk about it. You showed up at the party and was like, "Oh my God, I love you so much." And there's Barbara, you know, and there's Al. Give Al a big hug, and everything was healed. It's such a, um, it's such an amazing. It's amazing the way anger can, if left alone, evaporate. And you say it so beautifully, leaving the love there. You know, the love was just like like under that anger. And we don't get angry unless we are in a loving relationship. We don't have expectations unless we are. We don't pay close attention to the look on somebody's face or what gloves they're wearing on their hands. <laughs> really are so deeply connected do we have all of those um, observations and then of course over time um, things get more proportional it sounds like between the two of you over time at this point you mean well over with the passage of time yes things got more proportional meaning this didn't seem as important and something else seemed way more important, which was the place you had. We've also grown so much. Bibi and I have both grown tremendously since that event, haven't we, Bibi? You've changed so much, and I went back to college, and I changed my career. And um, the things that we're doing now, 
we weren't doing in 2008 and 2006 when we met. We have changed. Um, we still have the same people in our core, but we've reached out a lot more and done a lot of um, fixing those areas in our life. Pamela, let me ask you this question. The White Glove Day, did it end the white on that day? Did you two not speak yes. the next day at all? Is that correct? Well, here's what happened. That day when Barbara Benditti came to the house in the white glove, and she was literally yelling at me as she was coming through the garage. And I was in such a state. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown because I'd been fighting with this man in my house that was helping me pack. And just, um, so then I asked her to help me. She had to drive me somewhere. Remember, baby, we had to go pick up something, and you and you were terrified of driving Gates Pass, and that's a, that's a that's a big mountain in Tubac. I used to ride my bike up it. I don't have that fear. And she did that, but we didn't speak. And then that evening, I came to her house to spend the night because all my things were gone. Do you remember, baby? I do. And you took me to the room, but we had no connection. Our our connection was completely severed. And within two hours, I said, "I'm leaving here." And I had gotten on, I don't know, one of those hotel things, uh, not Airbnb, one of those that I, got, I found a room at a hotel, remember? And I said, I'm out of here. And I, I, I think you were shocked out of your mind. But um, I went in that room at that beautiful hotel, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried that whole night. And then the next morning, I got up and went for an amazing run up in the mountains, up into those uh, mountains right there, and um, then I left town the next day. And you and Barbara, you were supposed to take me to the airport, and you sent somebody else, remember? Right. Right. Yep. No, it yep. was uh, horrific. Yep. It was, and but um, I am feeling so uh, grateful that uh, we have come back uh, together and we feel the connection. Uh, and I was thinking on the way here, uh, what have we learned from this? What have we gained? And I wanted Dr. Andrea to maybe comment on that. I mean, you and I know what that is, but from an outsider's perspective and observer's Please. perspective. Yeah. You know, one I of the things that. that strikes me so much um, about this is that, again, it's the pressure of the internal transitions that each of you were going through at the same time. And whatever your coping skills were, um, with with um, Pamela saying it, so all I needed was a hug, mm -hmm. and with the executive in you, BB, wanting to get the task done, and it's just uh, that part is such a perfect storm, mm -hmm. because when we can't necessarily put into words, you know, uh, this is my need right now. My need is to get this done so that you can get out of here and meet your goal. Well, my need is to have my friend mm -hmm. hug me mm -hmm. and basically just let's connect because this is so raw in my nervous system. And that happens so frequently in relationships where we're just in our own bubble in that moment and somehow we can't reach out to make the connection it's too scary too wrought with anxiety and fear and we were in our own bubble i think right pamela we were oh, in our own bubble yeah. that was um that yeah. was you know i see a a, a a vision of this child right who has some illness and he has to be enclosed in a bubble in in order to protect his or her health we were in a bubble of 
stress and family and moving and money and pain, right? And I remember, maybe that your doors were closed in your office um, that day when I came to your house that night, and there was no food for me, and I made myself some quinoa, and I went down to the pool. I tried everything, but I just lost it. I just, I had to take care of me, and I I couldn't express it because you had your doors closed, and I didn't have any words anyway. I was so overwhelmed. And you were overwhelmed, too. And I didn't know you were overwhelmed. You didn't share that with me. Yes, and that's the sharing part. That's that's the communication part. And always, in every severed relationship, when we look at it, when we look deeply into it, something is unsaid. Something can't be said. Something is too hard to say. And... And that, and and then there's a failure, you know. Pamela, there's just a dropped call. Pamela, uh, was this relationship with BB the only relationship that was derailed during that time, or was there another woman? No, there was another woman named uh, Marlene who was a dear friend of mine in Seattle, like like BB was, and and she is the one that originally got me to Tucson because she lived in Tucson and Seattle, and. During that time, I had contacted her maybe two weeks before, and I said I could. I told her a little bit of what was going on, and I said, "Could you just call me every week? I'm just having a really hard time." And she didn't do that, and she just pulled away from me. And we had been friends uh, since the '90s, so um, I think that really hurt me a lot too. And I didn't. I wasn't speaking it. You know, I was internalizing have, all of the pain. Have yeah, you? Have you and Marlene healed? No, never spoke to her since. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and no. do you miss do you miss her the way obviously you don't, but do, do you miss her at all? No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't because she is a she was a good friend of mine, but she's very 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 self involved and always talks about all all the things going on in her life. And Bibi and I have never had that relationship where one person is doing really well and the other is down. We always um, I think that Bibi and I have always just shared. And then those kind of equal friends. So I, I'm fine with that. That's what, that's, that's fine. What, lesson, what lessons were learned? Them. What lessons were learned that white glove day? Do you think? I mean, so that this could could it ever happen to you and BB again? It could. But you know, maybe you know, tell them about our trip to Costa Rica. That was a, a huge test that we just went through. Tell them. Tell our listeners about that one. Right. That right. Great trip story. Right, and at times it's not easy to travel with friends, um, and so uh, we were amazed. We were both equally amazed when we went to Costa Rica last year, how marvelously we got along, how we wanted to do yes. the same things, how we wanted to eat at the same time, drink at the same time, not do yes. anything at the same time, right? It was amazing. Yeah. Never had, I never had any angry words. There was a couple of funny things, remember? A couple of things that I said, and you, you misheard what I said, and then we just cracked up. We just yeah. started laughing. It was, uh, we were on the trail one day, and it was something about, oh, I don't even remember, but we just started laughing. So, yes. you know, it was yes. just a misheard thing. It wasn't explaining what I said. So I think we've hopefully gone to that place within ourselves now where we can lighten the load of all that pain that was happening back in those days right. and I think for both of for me personally I'm a much happier person than I was in those days I had a lot of stress both financial and relationship and work changing career oh it was a perfect storm again 
like Dr. Andrea said. I never said that, yeah. So things have moved on in my own life. I'm, but, you know, I'm, um, I'm a better person. I'm still the same person, but my life is, is more... And as an outsider, as an outsider, it sounds like, you know, each of your willingness to, to um, be courageous enough to bridge that gap, to say, okay, I'm going to put this aside for now, because what's left here is really love. After everything else is worn down and worn away, it is that friendship love that really keeps us together. And so time does have a way of healing but not in a magical way. Real things go on in that period of time that we can compare and contrast and learn lessons from other people, even just listening to other people. We can learn lessons. So yes. time heals, not just magically, but it heals because of all the things that really go on in, in a period of time. Well, we want to thank you yeah. so much for joining us. And, um, oh, you're so welcome. It's fantastic welcome. to have you on the phone. This was an important conversation to have. I'm sure that there is many women that are listening to this show today that are grateful that you two were, were, uh, were able to share it and, learn, and they are able to learn from it. And so maybe there's one girlfriend that will leave her white gloves at home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your generosity, Pamela. Thank you for being with us. So there's so much sharing going on and so much great heartfelt information that we learn from the women who are able to share their lives with us. One of the things that really um, is so exciting is to get the inside scoop on what goes on in the mind, what goes on in the heart of a person who we care about, who we have this lifelong friendship with, and then all of a sudden there's a lack of communication, some kind of anxiety gets in the way, and there's not a communication. Next thing you know, it's broken. And I wonder if it's, is it women mostly? Do men suffer in that way? Or is it basically, uh, hi, bye, nice to know you, and the topic doesn't even come up. Well, that would be an interesting show to have, to talk to men about this same topic. Uh, I, I think that I sometimes wonder, I know with my, my breakup and then our coming together and healing again, I was very skeptical about meeting other, other friends. Uh, I didn't want to replace her because how do you replace somebody that you've known for 30 years right. and you've shared secrets with and you've, and, and you know, you've told told stories that you wouldn't share with with anyone else so I didn't really go out and seek out relationships you know I had I had another girlfriend that I was close to but she had had a couple of mini strokes and I told her one day she, she's of sane mind but she has had a couple of mini strokes and I said you know what I'm mad at you because you've had these strokes you know all my secrets and you're my one of my dearest friends and she said but I remember all the good stuff you told me 
So she and I are still very close, but I was very, very um, fearful of, of starting new relationships with, with, with brand new women. Until you met us, and then, of course, oh, everything just went out the door absolutely. because it was love at first sight. Love at first sight. Yes. Well, I think also, you know, the trust issue becomes so pivotal and so clear, and our needs also change as we go on in years so the kinds of things that you discuss with a girlfriend now and the needs that you might have in interacting with a girlfriend now might be different than the issue of holding memories and having history having history and holding memories is one piece Mm -hmm. and the actual need that that person you said she was a sister so the actual need for that sense of sisterhood or the nurturing, women are able to nurture one another. I think it's interesting and it will be an interesting show for us to have a man on and, and talk to him about his friendship patterns. But women attach very deeply. Yes, yes. they do. Yes, yes. They do. And men don't make soup. You know, when a girlfriend is sick, what do we do? We make soup. We take it to them, we bring juice, we bring soup. Men don't make soup, so they are different in a lot of ways, and it would be interesting to explore that. Well, they may go over and help repair whatever <laughs> needs to be repaired while the woman is out of commission, and there are different ways. But I think in answer to your question about and raising that issue about how do men attach, their attachment patterns can be different. I mean, I think there's a population of men who attach just like women do. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is, and certainly in my therapy practice over all those years, I can see the ones, the men who really experienced relationship with a more feminine side to it, with a more nurturing side, and with a sensitivity that I wouldn't say the majority of men have. And yet, these kinds of relationships, the scars, how deeply they go and how they affect the rest of your life, I think it's an interesting question to invite answers for. Yes, and it's always the uh, aspect of joyful coming uh, together to me is such an uplifting and um, energizing process um, but as you were uh, yes you were uh, talking about our thought patterns and how we come about to discuss these things I was reminded uh, that um, we change and you were talking about uh that we change uh i felt that pamela and i as she mentioned in our story that we both uh, changed i am not i am not i am no longer clinging so much to the angst that i may have felt at that time and she has changed as well so we feel uh it's easier to let go of some of the pain now because we have been sort of on a path of spirituality and releasing that angst and being more free to be who we are and as we spoke earlier, forgiveness had to come into play as well, because she could have very, very much not responded to you on Facebook. She could have just let it go, and and you two would not have healed to this day. But you reached out, she reached back, and that was the forgiveness that both of you needed, and an exercise, which was wonderful. And the courage, and you know, the courage, the word courage coming from the word core, Yes. in French, of the heart. So to have the courage to reach out, 
to have the heart in the matter and you shared your heart with her and she's clearly a heart person that's right you know that's right and so you matched her yes and I just wondered as you heard her say these were not things she shared at the time but now she was sharing I wondered how that felt to you to be learning that just even now well uh, the white gloves was very funny to me um, and the and her relating that that that's how she saw me coming in with white gloves and you dr. Andrea pointed out so accurately that because I tend to be a task driven person and I had a bundle of of issues and uh, challenges that I was overcoming with producing my expo show that I came in there to do business, to take care of business so I can get going to putting out the fires that were already going on the other side and of And that town. was so much the flint. Yes. You know, it was just <clears throat> that breach in that moment where she needed a hug and you needed to fulfill your obligation and get on with things in yes. that moment. And that's all it took to create that flair. Is this the first time you'd heard about the white gloves was tonight? No, I think we may have talked about it okay. before. And really, the world knows me with white gloves. <laughs> I'm just going to have to put some posts on Facebook and uh, talk about that more. But, yes, yeah, so, no, no, I've heard about okay. it. I've heard about it. Right, but you get to see it a little bit differently with perspective, with really every year that we live, with every other relationship that we learn from. Every It makes every other relationship in the past look different, and that's the beautiful part about learning from our experiences, which is why we're here. We welcome your suggestions. Please visit our website at boomgoddessradio.com. Reach out to us. Use the Contact Us tab. Let us know what you think and what kind of topics you'd like to hear. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Dr. Andrea, Jennifer, and Bibi. Your Boom Goddesses, signing off. Each voice of wisdom shares ripples out into our universe and inspires so many others. Namaste. Thank you.